Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Good morning. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? I brought this weather with me. You're welcome. All the way from Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, somebody told me it's only supposed to keep getting warmer today. So you're double welcome. And uh, I guess God gets the credit, but I'll, I'll take a li- just a little. Uh, but uh, I'm just so glad to be here. Um, good to be among friends. And um, I am sure when we all get to heaven and they start giving out awards for the most diverse, beautifully chord-filled vocal part worship ensemble. (laughs) There'll only be one nominee, and I think we know who it'll be. Can we just give them a great hand? That doesn't just happen. You guys did such a great job. I love it, I love it, and this is a joy to me. I haven't been able to be here since the gift of the guitar for your special birthday celebration, and, and I got to, to jump in on that, and, and uh, I mean, well, well, well worth it. It's just beautiful, beautiful. So uh, how many of you were just blessed by just the excellence, and it was so, so good. Um, I am just looking forward to this time. This is uh, my last service with you uh, this round, I'll say, and um, And so I just have a sense in my heart that God just has his own agenda for what he wants to do this morning. And uh, usually when God does something, what I see happening is he's always doing more than one thing at one time. And Paul talked about that, didn't he, in Corinthians, and he he called it the manifold wisdom of God. Us women call it multitasking. (laughs) Right? Some of you will get it later, but where you have the ability to do more than one. I'm not going to point out the people that are here this morning that don't know about doing more than one thing at one time. Maybe it's gender specific. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the women last first. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, but God is like that. He's always doing more than one thing at one time. And I love that about him. Even in following him, we think he's leading us to do something to accomplish this, but he does 25 things along the way. And so this morning, in, in just preparing and spending time with the Lord this morning, I just felt that sense that his manifold wisdom, he's really wanting to do a lot of things Uh, this morning. And so I just want to ask you to just sort of, rather than lean back and wait and see, to take the posture of leaning in and, uh, and don't settle in, but, but just, let's just stay fluid with him this morning. Can we do that? How many of you know he's a diverse God? And so, you know, we said this last night, the, the anointing can take the words that come out of my mouth and by the time they leave my mouth and, and reach your ears over here, it'll be exactly what you need in the moment that you're in. At the same time, 
he'll take the same words and somebody over here, he'll custom tailor it, you know, to be what you need. Maybe somebody watching online, it'll be exactly the thing that you need in the moment that you are in. And I don't know how he does it. I just know he does it. And, uh, you know, sometimes we get really caught up, especially in our American church culture, maybe a little bit of making a big deal about people, maybe a little, a little bit of that pseudo-celebrity culture tries to kind of slip in. And, but you know what? At the end of the day, you know what my job is? I'm a pipe. I am a pipe, and my job is to keep that pipe as clean as possible so that God can flow through me and do and say anything he wants to do and say so that his highest and best can get done. So can we just pray and just set ourselves in agreement for all of the above and just say, God, we just want it all. So let's do that. God, we just love you this morning. We worship you. We thank you. We say that our eyes are not on ourselves. Our eyes are not on each other, but our eyes are on you, God. For such a time as this, Lord, it's a volatile time in our culture, but you designated us for this time. And so I believe, God, that that means you are equipping us. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do the equipping work among us today. You know what is going to be needed in the days ahead. And so I ask for the equipping work that only heaven can do to be accomplished here today, and, and God will follow you. I'm asking you, God, for next steps to take, to dawn on the hearts of all that are gathered here, those that are watching online for clarity, for strategy, God's situations that look like big knots, Lord, that wisdom will come that will untie the knots and, and make a, a path that would say, this is the way, walk ye in it. And what looked hard will become simple. Father, what looked off, you'll, you'll realign it and you'll make it right. You'll realign us and you'll make things right. Father, decisions that looked hard, there'll be a grace to make them and it'll be easy. Lord, we take you at your word and we say, God, that your, your yoke is easy, your burden is light. And so we receive that from you this morning. Father, we thank you for your anointing, the only power that has the ability to remove every yoke and destroy every burden. And God, when you destroy a burden, it is destroyed, never to be put back on us again. And so we receive that anointing from heaven this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We started last night talking about this as being a, a season of transition and transformation. And it's funny because I shared last night how in the early part of December, I took some time to spend uh, with the Lord and just hear from him about my own life, whatever uh, he had put in my heart to do, the ministry, things we were doing with leaders, and, and then also to hear concerning what God is doing in the body of Christ and in the world for whatever place of influence, you know, he's given me to speak to. And so in doing that, uh, the phrase that I heard in my heart, again, this was early December of 2020, about this coming year that we're in now, was that this would be a time of transition and transformation. And so I shared a piece of that last night, only to find out, you know, that you guys here at Highway Church have been in a series called Transformation. It's almost like God knows what he's doing. It's weird. 
And, uh, and so that, you know, that blessed me so much. And knowing your pastors, I know Pastor Joseph and Jen, I mean, they've just been giving you solid gold about the transforming work of the power of God and, and what he's, he's doing. And so um, this morning, um, it just seems like that it's time for you, you know, um, God will, will send his word and he'll give us words before he begins to move us. And uh, I had a precious older woman, sort of one of those mothers and the saints in my life for a number of years. She's since gone on to be with the Lord. But I remember she would always make this statement and she would say, pay attention to whatever God is saying to you, because whatever he's saying to you is what he's moving you into. And she would say it like this, whatever God is revealing to you is what God is restoring to you. And so pay attention. Sometimes we hear a phrase from heaven and it's directional, but sometimes God will start speaking to us and it's not so much that we hear something, it's like we start living with the knowing. Have you ever had that? It's like you start living with the knowing and you just kind of live with it. And when you get a moment, it just kind of pops up what seems to be in your subconscious. But because we are a spirit being with the spirit of God living on the inside of us, that's really the spirit of God getting a moment to grab our attention and, and just start speaking a word. And so that's what he'll do. He'll send his word first. And when we grab onto his word and we start looking at it, and, and then really when we start saying it, then he starts moving us toward that. And so what I believe God is doing here at Highway Church, and for those of you that are, that are here, what I really believe is that God has been sending his word about transformation, but you've come into a time for movement on that. You've come into a time where God is now giving some steps to take. And that's really, as they say, where the rubber hits the road. Um, sometimes it's really easy to get excited about what God's saying and write it in your prayer journal and go to coffee with somebody and say, I think this is what I'm hearing. And they go, that's what I'm hearing too. And you go, oh my goodness. And then you come to church and Pastor Joseph starts talking about transformation and Jen with the big hair starts talking about transformation. And you go, I think God's talking about transformation. And then Tuesday morning hits and God's like, here's the first step. And you're like, I got to go. There is no way I am doing that. So, so his word, the word of God is not like the word of men. The word of God is a container that comes with the power to change us. And so that's why Paul said, do not let there be a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Don't just live with godly words. You've got to then move on those godly words and let those godly words transform you. And so we're living in a time of movement. And there's a really uh, beautiful picture, sort of a dichotomy of two stories in the word of God, <clears throat> excuse me, that really paint the picture of the opportunity to just sit with the word or the opportunity to move on it. And how many of you know that throughout scripture many times the symbolism for God's word is water. He uses water to symbolize his word, and, and it even talks about in the epistles about the washing of the water of the word of God, that it, it gets the stuff off of us, doesn't it? It gets the bad attitude off of us. It gets us, it gets us clean so that we can see clear and we can move ahead. So I want you to look here in um, the book of Matthew, 
And uh, there's this great story here where Jesus is, um, he's coming into the temple and, uh, and he comes upon this man and the man is sitting and he's been uh, waiting. You know what? I told you to go to Matthew and I want you to go to John. I'm sorry. I was doing a really good job of stalling, trying to find it. And then I realized sometimes you just got to say it like it is. Now look at look at John um, chapter um, three, John three, and so this is the story of where Jesus is walking with his disciples, and he comes into this place, and it's a place called the the Pool of Bethesda. And there's a situation that occurs there that's very unique. It's very peculiar where, <clears throat> for whatever reason in the wisdom of God, every so often uh, there would be an angel that would stir the waters of this pool. And so people would come and they would lay paralytics around the pool. They would lay the maimed, the sick, uh, those that had palsy around the pool and, um, and the ones that had money, they would have a servant there. And when the waters supernaturally moved by unnatural means, um, then the first one in that pool would get healed. And so they're grateful that this exists, but you understand how singular this moment is. And, uh, and maybe some could say kind of a, a little bit cruel because it's sort of first come, first serve, you know. And it's really not dependent upon the individual as much as it is they're all just waiting on a moment to happen to them. And what I find in life is that even born-again, God-loving, hillsong-singing men and women of God, amplified Bible app-carrying, <laughs> that we can so easily slip into awaiting for a moment to happen to me, faith. That we could actually be living in a transition and transformation time, singing the songs and coming to church and quoting the word and still be in a mode of I'm just waiting for something to happen to me. But the very reason that Jesus came and did what he did was for the great exchange of life. So that we were no longer in a position where we were waiting for something on the outside to come on us. But Jesus did what he did for the great exchange for his very nature, his very life, his very spirit to come where? Inside of us. And when his very nature came on the inside of us, it flipped the game. It flipped the script. It flipped the equation forever. That we are not those that wait anymore. I loved how Paul said it, and he said it to a bunch of Christians. He said, why are you doing your life as mere men? In other words, what he was saying is, why are you taking life in the face just like somebody without God is taking life in the face? And again, it's not so much that we're super Christians and we now have it in and of ourselves. That's religion. But what we do recognize is that the greater one now lives on the inside of us. And so any opposition that I face is just an opportunity 
to tap into the greater one inside of me and say, heaven, what would you have to say about it? I fall to my knees so that I can rise to the occasion in the strength of God, and I can move ahead. And so we could very easily do this transformation year in a wait and see, sort of waiting for the waters of our lives to be stirred, waiting for somebody to do something for us that we can't do for ourselves, but we are not living in that place anymore because of our champion, Jesus, because of that goodness of God that we sang about today. And so now if you, I didn't even read it, but you got the gist. Uh, Go over to Matthew. See, this is why you have uh, Pastor Joseph, because I mean, he'll just make you look at those scriptures, and, and you're going to love it so much when he does. Uh, go back over to Matthew 14. I did go to Bible college. I, I'll be posting my degree online later today for everybody to look at, and I'll work in a Greek word at some point just so that you know. I don't know. It was those jazz chords. It just threw me. I blame you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Matthew 14. We'll actually read this one. Look at this picture of how Jesus uses the water. Uh, it's such a great story. Let's just start in 22. It says, And Jesus spoke to his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening had come, he was there alone. Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, being tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now this is such a picture of life. How many of you have ever had like a mountaintop moment with God? You're just in so much revelation, and you leave from there flying high, and the next thing you know, bam, you are in the middle of a storm. And you're like, what happened to me? Well, Jesus gave us a picture for that. And he said, he said, opposition will come because of the word's sake. What is it there for? To choke out that word because that word contains the power to move you forward. And so when we recognize the strategies of the enemy, then we can leave times like this and go, he's probably going to try and kick something up. I'm going to see it coming a mile away, and I'm not going to flinch. That'll help you this morning. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, so this is like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, Jesus went unto them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit, it's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But right away, Jesus spoke to them Saying, now don't you love this, that Jesus didn't get all upset and frustrated, but what did he gave them his voice? Because he knew that his voice would be the quickest calming effect. And not just his voice, because his voice represented his words. And what was known of Jesus, he walked in authority and he walked in power. So here they are in a setting that's familiar to them. They're in a boat. They're, they're out on the water. They're fishermen. I mean, this is their natural habitat. 
but they are encountering something in their natural habitat they have never encountered before, and they are freaked out. And so the words of God and the voice of God stabilize them. And what does he say? He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And so you could say that that should have been enough for them, right? What a supernatural experience. But there was another transformation moment that was about to take place because one guy just went, maybe, just maybe, I could go a little bit further with him. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, in other words, is, if that's really my friend Jesus, if that's my, my teacher Jesus, that one that I honor and respect, that one whose words have comforted me, that one whose voice I've heard heal the sick and raise the dead, that one that, that never has gotten mad at me, that is so tender at me, if that's really my friend Jesus, if that's you, what did he say? He said, call for me to come out to you on the water. Can you imagine how smiley Jesus was? I mean, I, I get it. He's the son of God, but he was man. And I just wonder if he just kind of smirked and went, look at this guy. Get a, get a load of this guy right now. I mean, if Jesus was Italian, he would have smiled and went, what? He wouldn't even say anything, what? And he just would have just spit. And he, and he just would have come. He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, there's a whole other half of this story, but I want to stop us right there because there were still 11 guys in that boat. Now, I might not have been Peter, but I would have been like Peter's sidekick going, I'm coming too. If Peter gets to go, I get to go. 11 guys in this boat, but there's one guy that went, something supernatural is going on right here, and he's walking on the water, and I've never walked on the water, but I know him. And, and we're close, and where he has been going all this time I've been on the road with him, I get to go. And what he does, he lets me stand up right next to him. I mean, you can just hear the attitude of Peter. This kind of just informs us that every time Jesus was like healing the blind guy and spitting in the dirt and make, you know Peter was right there going, you want me to hand you the dirt? Peter's just right. Peter had a posture with Jesus that in this moment, all of a sudden, and you know Peter knew about that pool of Bethesda with that water waiting deal. And all of a sudden, the script is being flipped, and now Jesus isn't just waiting for water to be stirred. Jesus walks on water. And Peter gets a revelation and says, what he can do, I think I can do. Not because of who I am in me, because I know him. And I think Peter started getting a revelation before Jesus ever went to that cross to go through that great exchange. I think this is the big picture idea of what he's doing here. I think that he is here to duplicate himself in us. So in the landscape of your life that you are looking at right now, what I am saying to you is that in this time of transformation, 
it seems like we are all facing in our own way some opportunities for some water walking moments. And I'm going to tell you that they're going to come on the wings of words that are coming to you. And you're going to look at those words that are coming to you that are painting a picture of what heaven wants for you to do, and you're going to compare them to the natural, and you're going to go, that would be crazy if I, if I did that. Ask me how I know. That would, be, that would be crazy if I did that. And yet, just as I ministered to Daniel earlier, yet if you check peace on the inside, something on the inside says, even though it's insane to get out of this boat and step out into the unknown, something is compelling me to do just that. Something is compelling me, is drawing me, is calling me to move out into a place I've never been before to step out into the unknown. Something is drawing me into a place that maybe you've never even seen anybody else in your family go. You might look at the landscape of your life and say, this is not the season. This is not the time. This is not the age of my life. Look at the culture. Look what's going on in the world. Things are so unstable. This isn't the time to risk. This is the time to self-preserve, secure, secure, secure. But I want to remind you this morning that as a son and a daughter of God, you are hardwired to take bold moves of faith. You are not made for self-preservation. People outside of God live to save their own neck. But when you have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, if you try and live in saving your own neck, you might save your neck, but you're going to shrivel up and die on the inside. Because the Bible says that we live, we live our daily bread, we live on the words of God. I've seen this happen so many times, you know, I, I started out in ministry just doing what was ever in front of me, and, and I mean, really, I've done just about everything, I, I was a youth pastor for a while, um, I was a volunteer, I led worship for a little bit, it wasn't good. I was the chief bathroom cleaner for a while. I called myself the pastor over custodial duties to make it sound more important. I mean, whatever was in front of me. And, and so just all through the years as God's moved me on and started writing books and traveling and speaking to leaders and doing things in business, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, whether you're a teenager to wealthier in years, all of us can hit a place where things start shriveling up and dying on the inside, and there's usually one master reason why, and it's found right in the Word of God. He said in his Word that without vision, people perish. Sometimes we think of perish as here one day, gone the next, but you know what I see in people's lives? Of like a slow, miserable perishing. And it happens because we lose sight of our vision. It happens because we stop living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we just kind of put it in park and we're living out of a comfortable place. And we might go through all the motions, but we're no longer living by the words that are daily. Not the words that he said five years ago. The words that are daily proceeding from his mouth. So somewhere in there, I just picked up this prayer. In most days, I start every day with this prayer. And I'll just say, God, you know the responsibilities that lie before me today. And yet, God, I am yours to command. 
Let your words proceed from your mouth and inform my decisions and guide my feet today. But I want to help you out. If you've been living in a place where there's been some form of maybe shriveling up a little on the inside, maybe pieces of you have just kind of died off, maybe life has hit you really hard, vision just started dying on the inside, if it's true to the negative, then guess what? It's also true to the positive. If without vision we perish, then guess what? With vision, we flourish. With vision, we come alive. Maybe it's not the vision that you had in the last season, but in transformation time, God is breathing new vision. He's giving new life. And if you'll follow him in it, new pockets and pieces of you are going to begin to flourish that you never dreamed possible. And that's worth going through the painful, angsty, awkward, wobbly need transformation process, isn't it? It's worth it. Listen, none of us want to look like a fool. We all want to look like we perpetually know what we're doing. Am I right? Can I just say it like it is today? I mean, I've not quoted scripture. I've spit on you. I've tried to steal people's shoes. Sweatshirts, thank you, ma'am, for pointing that out. And we're still going. I mean... There's a sweater back there I've had my eye on. <laughs> but it's the truth, isn't it? We, we all, we all, all of us have fallen short. We all can so easily live out a self-preservation mode. None of us want to feel awkward. Or, but can you imagine the risk that Peter was taking in front of all of his buddies and Jesus who you know he wanted to please him, you know he wanted to make him happy, to just stand up the only one coming right out of a place of fear and going, hey, Jesus, if that's you, could I come where you are? Could I I come be with you? And it's not like Jesus walked over to the boat and grabbed his hand and said, here, here, Peter, step right here, get on my back. Right? He could have. But it sounds to me when I read it in my Bible that Jesus stood right where he was and he said, what? And he did it. He risked it. So the next time you feel like, God, you're asking a lot of me. He's yet to ask you to step off the carnival cruise ship and walk across the Atlantic in front of everybody. I'm just saying whatever risk, whatever water-walking opportunity is in front of us right now, what a powerful place in our trust walk with God. To step out of a place where maybe there's been a perishing into a place where vision starts flourishing again, where it starts talking to you big on the inside. What a, what a beautiful place of trust to step into with God. To see God move you into things that you and I could never make happen in and of ourselves. Because I believe that that is exactly the dream and the plan and the life that sent Jesus to the cross. When the weight of that sacrifice was on him and he still said, 
Father, not my will, but yours be done. Because of something that was so valuable. I believe he fell to his knees in that garden and he said, Father, I'm going to do this because I'm going to go get our family back. I'm bringing them home. I'm going to go get our family back. And in his sacrifice, all he was doing was making it available to us. Even then, he was banking on our choosing him. What a love. Holy Spirit's moving on the waters in here today. Moving on the waters. To the degree that we let him come in and move, he's moving on the waters today. And so I, I just want to say this to you, and just because of the sake of time, you know, there's so many things that we really could do, but I, I believe it's all right in God to just say it this way. Whatever possibilities are confronting you right now that you've just barely had the courage to glance at and ugh, and glance at and to let the Spirit of God lead and guide you, Sit there with him in that moment and look at it a little longer and see what the Spirit of God would have to say to you. Some of you might need to take a longer place. As David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. Some of you might need to take a breath at some still waters for a while. Let some transformation happen. And when the enemy comes to talk you out of making your bold move of faith, I want to remind you of something the psalmist David wrote that's maybe one of my favorite portions of Scripture because I count on it so much. David said this, God, you even take my mistakes and you make them turn out right for me. I'm telling you, church, we've got this if we'll just follow him. We've got this, not because of who we are, but because he's got us. Because he's got us. So I don't know if somebody can uh, maybe come up and just play um, something. I just want to take a few minutes uh, of prayer here, uh, if we can, and, uh, and just let God speak to us. I know some of you are note takers, maybe on your phones or you know, you've got a notebook or whatever, but there's just something about being able to hear God so clear in the corporate anointing. I believe that's why being a part of the body of Christ is so important. I don't know about you, but, you know, during shutdown time, I was so thankful that the Spirit of God's in me and all the resources we have online is so good, but how many of you just missed gathering in the presence of God? Listen, the corporate anointing, when we gather, that's what I mean by corporate, when we come in a place and we gather in his name, as we're so blessed in this nation to be able to do publicly, things happen, things change in that unity, in that anointing that, that just don't happen any other way. What I know is that in an environment like this, it's so easy to hear his voice. 
It's so easy to change in the glory of God. It's so much easier to let the Holy Spirit paint the picture on the canvas of our heart when we're in an atmosphere and an environment like this. So without really any hype or fanfare, I want us to just take a breath in his presence and allow the spirit of truth to talk truth to you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Spirit of truth, come. You said you would lead and guide us into all truth. You said you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. We come to your still waters this morning, God. Father, the adjustments that we need to make steps we need to take even in the midst of all the obligations we have to fulfill there is an ability to follow you by your grace and so we will and so we will and we trust you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Um, this couple right here just kept coming up in my heart so strong about um, some situations that are occurring that would afford you some opportunities to do different things than you normally would. And that could seem very vague, but there's no specifics for me to speak to other than to acknowledge the landscape of that. And the sense that I have is just God saying there's a very specific leading for you in it. And though there is a place of contentment in one way, there's a hungering in both of you for the deep and the purposes of God even at this place in life. And so I just, I felt like the Spirit of God would say to you all this morning that if you'll just stay right in step with each other and with the Spirit of God, that there'll be a knowing. Something will click. All of a sudden, there'll be a green light, and you'll know that's exactly where we need to step. And it's going to open up something that's very specific to your lives and your destinies and what God has for you at this place and time. 
And so, Father, we just pray over them in the season that they are in. Father, we surround them with love. We surround them with the peace of God that their ears are open to hear clear, that they step with great purpose, that it affects the lives and destinies of those around them, Father, that are watching their lives and taking their cues of who you are by what this couple does, what they do. And so we thank you for it, Father. And God, we speak grace for this place. Grace for this place. That this green light step will be an easy step to take. And we thank you for it. In Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Does that resonate with you all? Okay. Praise God. It's okay if you say no, by the way. Um, and then... This, my driver couple here, they drove me the service. I got here safe. There was no incidents. And I am grateful. Um, but there's been so much change up and around your lives so recently. And, and I know I, I can say that to you, and I will say, you know, to this church, that I can say that just out of the little bit that was shared from the hotel. I know that. But but I say that to you out of more of what I, I see in my spirit, that it's almost like all of a sudden, almost like a, a cloud of change moved into your lives and enveloped you, and in many ways you're still in it, and it's not done with you. <laughs> so, um, so it's almost like uh, the Lord is highlighting that, saying this being a transformation year is so very true of the two of you, and he's not done yet. And so um, don't jump the gun and don't hold back. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. So let that guide your decision making. But you are transforming very rapidly. And some in your life aren't going to understand it. And you're going to have to be okay with it. Love them, but be okay with it. Because God's answered the cry of your heart for years going, God, take us somewhere. We know we're meant for more than this. And so even in your family, there's more God's doing about your family and in your family, about family for you all. And heaven's purpose is attached to it. And so just trust him with all the dreams, if I can say that to you. Trust him with all the dreams. So, Father, we speak blessing over them. And, Lord, we say that all the change that they're in, Father, that it be a change from strength to strength, faith to faith, and glory to glory, that you will move them through it, that you'll lead them by your spirit. We say, Father, that they hear your voice and no other voice will they follow in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And uh, this lady right here that's, yes, with the tissue ministry. Never in my life have I seen someone divvy out tissues while they were being ministered to. Now that's a servant. Talk about a multitasker. But um, it's like there's been a whole lot of opposition around you. You've been in a season of almost an encircling of opposition. Some you could define and some you could only feel. But it's been just like a barrage. 
And so I release the peace of God to come upon you in his hand to come down on you and silence that opposition in the name of Jesus for you. And we join our faith with hers. And in this corporate anointing, we say, Father, let your anointing remove all those burdens and destroy all those yokes on her behalf that she could breathe deeply, that her sleep be restored. Your sleep has been disrupted over this. And we say no more to that. And we speak peace even to the physical body of you in Jesus' name and all those symptoms you have to go in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that. Jesus, you said, I'm the Prince of Peace. And so we say, peace be still to the waves of, of her life. Peace be still in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you that the new things you're moving her into, she can now get her footing in and begin to take steps forward. Because that's what all of that opposition was about. It was to hold you in place so that you could not step. But we declare no more in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace in Jesus' name. Peace can handle for us things that we, we have no control of, but peace, peace is the higher authority. And he's the Prince of Peace. And so we thank you for it. We thank you for it. And then this couple right here on the end, Lord, I just thank you for a fresh season and a fresh start for them. Father, we declare that you know the end from the beginning and you are not finished with them. I thank you, Father, that you move things out of the way and put things into place for the next steps that they have to take. In Jesus' name. And I speak over them your word that says no weapon formed against them will be successful. It will not fulfill its purpose. In the name of Jesus. And so we speak mental clarity, emotional clarity, spiritual clarity. You will not be derailed. You will not be pulled off track. We thank you, Lord, that the peace of God is the heritage of his saints. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just worship him a moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Even when God's speaking to individuals, he's talking to us. He's talking to us. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Father, I release the anointing of God for the season of life that she stands in right now. Thank you, Father, for your peaceful protection. Lord, I thank you that your hand is on her life and you're leading and guiding her in this season and she does not walk alone. Lord, I thank you for the angelic ones that are assigned to her that stand guard in her home, that watch over her in the night. Thank you, Father. God, her life holds great significance. 
Though she loves God, her words hold great significance. And she is one that sows so diligently but doesn't always see the effects. God, I ask that you would reveal them to her, that she would have a knowing that could only come from you of the great supply that she has and the gift that she is. And God, we thank you for this gift. We acknowledge this gift in her and we love her, Lord. And we thank you for her life. We thank you that it's timed for such a time as this. And we bless her. We surround her with blessings. We surround her with blessings. Everybody just stretch your hands out to her and just just speak blessing over her. We speak blessing over her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, all the pressure from this past season, just roll off of her in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Thank you for a release today that she's been waiting on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. We say, so be it. So be it. So be it. So be it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for moving Kara into all that you have for her. Thank you, Father, for your mercies and your graces. Thank you for your times and your places. Thank you, Father, for the great wisdom, the gift of wisdom that she walks in. Lord, with all of her aptitude and abilities, it's really the wisdom she walks in that is her strength. Thank you, Father, that she stands firmly in that wisdom and that it affects every area of her life and draws to her everything she needs and holds everything that's not for her at bay. In Jesus' name, and we thank you for it, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blessing that she is, and we bless her in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't he so sweet and good? I feel that uh, sense of that ever-increasing glory we talked about last night. I think there's been an uptick in here today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just let him whisper to your heart just for a moment, just for a moment. We love you and we thank you, Father. We love you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. Lord, we thank you for new days ahead for Pastor Joseph and Jen. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for just the writing of the plan and the turning of the page. We thank you for everything being set in place in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for great unity upon them and great grace. God, thank you for their obedience to follow you and to run their race, Lord. 
You've been so good to them. But God, they really haven't seen anything yet. How good it's about to be where they'll get to say, could, could it really be? Do we really get to live this dream? Thank you, God, for all that you're moving them into. And it's not by their might, and it's not in their power, but it is by your spirit. And we thank you for it. Let it envelop their family, every one of their children. Let it envelop their finances. Let it envelop their health and inform their vision. All by your spirit, God. All by your spirit. God, I bless Highway Church today. Thank you for the vision of this place right here in Boston, Massachusetts. God, thank you. Thank you for all their call to effect and all that they do. Thank you for the difference maker that they have been by your hand. And we bless them in their days ahead. God, thank you that you're moving them through a year of change and transition and transformation. May you take them into greater, deeper places with you than they've ever known. Days of heaven, God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.